everybody doing tonight? Yeah, if you're tired, just just give me like a ah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm not tired. <laughs> so that means you're not tired. That's how it works. When you're a pastor, you can tell people that they're not tired. You're not tired, guys. No, I'm glad. Uh, Edwin made coffee, and I drank it right before uh, tonight's sermon. So we're hopefully going to end in three minutes. Okay, guys? Watch. <laughs> Maybe coffee will help me end shorter. No, I'm so glad to be with you guys tonight. Um, I had the honor and privilege of speaking last night at the prayer meeting. So if you missed out on that, you can probably find it on Spotify or YouTube or something like that. Go listen to it. I think it's a great message. I think, uh, I think it'd be great for you guys to listen to, um, which shameless plug. Um, listen, the prayer meeting isn't just another service. The prayer meeting is a DNA strand of the church. What do I mean by that? Like, the prayer meeting is what Belmont Assembly is about. When, when you think of Belmont Assembly, right, like the prayer meeting is one of those things that we should think about and know true about. Like, this is a church that prays. And so I encourage you, come on out to the Wednesday night prayer meeting. Uh, spend time in God's presence. It's such a sweet time. Like, if you've ever just wanted to sit at the altar, like, that's Wednesday night for you. So it's awesome. But tonight, uh, I want to wrap our mini-series up on worship. Uh, and just a reminder, worship is not a genre. You and I were created to worship. You and I were created to worship. It's easy for us to think that worship is just music, but it's so much more than that. It's the way we live. It's the it's the way we love things the most. It's what we do, it's what we think about the most. So tonight, well, the main series verse focuses this on the screen. You'll see it in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. It says, and he said to him, you shall what? Love. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. To simplify it even more, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven says this. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important, the first on any list. Lord, this is your word. It's not my word. It's, I didn't write this. I didn't inspire this. There's, there's no sign of me in this, God. And so I pray, Father, tonight as we uncover your word and we talk about how to live a life of worship now, that your word would reign true, that it would ring loud in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of tonight's sermon is this. Are you ready for it? Uh, are you ready for it? It's this. My life, what do I model? My life, what do I model? What do I model? What do I mean by that? Well, before we get into that, I want to talk to you about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul started off as a murderer. <laughs> Whoa, left turn. This guy Saul was his original name. He was known for persecuting Christians and killing them. And we're going to talk about him. Yeah, yeah, this is great. I love it. That's it. There you go, guys. That's this whole sermon. Don't kill people. Amen. Open up the altar. Right? No. So Paul who was Saul, was known, was, was notorious for persecuting Christians. 
Paul had this radical encounter with Jesus. You, you should read it. Okay, you really need to read it. But he has this radical encounter with Jesus. And then what you see now is after his conversion, he writes 13 books of the Bible. What we know to be the New Testament. Some of them from jail. Yeah. Some of them from prison. And we know them to be the prison epistles. Paul writes a letter to his friend Timothy. Hey, Timmy. And in that letter comes our verse for the night. So this is where we're going to be bunkering down for the night. That shows us how to live a life of worship. Right? Because our first week talked about my heart. What do I love? What do I love the most? Napping. Can I get an amen? Is Gigi here? Oh, she's not here. She's like, I was like, what do you love the most? She's like, the Sunday nap. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Sunday nap hits different for some reason. You wake up. You ever fell asleep, like, on a Sunday or, like, a Friday night or Saturday, and you'd nap all the way until the night? And then you wake up, and you're like, what, what time is it? Like, it's year 2050, and you have no idea. You got eight grandkids, and you're like, how long was I asleep? You know what I'm saying? I'd be napping that hard. I'd be napping. Now I, now I can't, because Darla comes in the house, or Darla comes in the room, and Dottie, you know, like, I, I, we can't be napping all the time. But, but I ask, what do, you love the, what do you love the most? Because what you love the most, you'll end up worshiping. The second week, we talked about my mind. What do I believe? What do I believe? Meaning, what do I believe about God? What do I believe about Jesus? Do I believe in God? Do I believe that what God says is true? Do I believe what Jesus says is true? There's worship and all those things. And so those two weeks all culminate to this one message tonight. Loving God, knowing him. Because is is it enough to end there? Is it enough to just, okay, I love God, I know him. Gold star for me, put it on my chest. No, because now what do we do with that love? What do we do with that knowledge of God that we talked about? We, We live. We live. We go about our lives. We live loving God and knowing about him. And so tonight we're talking about how to live a life of worship. How to live a life of worship. Look at on the screen. In 1 Timothy 4.12, it says this. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers a what? An example in, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. So Paul is writing this to Timmy. I just call him, call him Timmy. And in heaven, if you had a problem with it, we could fight. But he's writing to Timothy because Timothy finds himself 30-something years old, a leader of a church, leader of people, right? So I'm 29, so basically me. I picture me being a lead pastor. Be crazy, be awesome. Pizza every Sunday. Here, Dr. Seuss rap battles every week. no. Yeah, so like picture me, right? And the, and the thing with, so when I, when I first started in, in ministry at like 20-something years old, 20, 21, 22, I became a leader of a department or a segment of the department where there were guys that were older than me 
that were under me. Yeah, see, some of you already know. Like, there's some older guys that that's a problem. I've been here for 20-something thousand years, and I can't believe this little millennial teeny bopper just going to come and just be my leader. I fought for this country. Right? Like, no, me, I am fighting for this country. Um, no. So you're like, you're like, there's this moment where, like, Paul's addressing Timothy, and he's addressing, hey, this insecurity that he might have because what's happening is there may be a chance that these people are questioning Timothy's authority, his effectiveness, his ideas, just his overall leadership just because of his age. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Right? Like some of us, like we got good ideas. Some of us, we, we've got good intentions and we've got things like that. And sometimes teachers or our parents, you know, they, because we're young, we kind of get counted out. Right? And so Paul is writing to Timothy and said, hey, hey. Listen to me. Let no one despise you for your youth, but be an example. So, you desire to lead people? Then the example of your life will show it. So here's the main point tonight is this. Be an example. Be an example. Three words. Write it down. Be an example. Like, is your desire to lead people to God? Right? That should be our desire. That should be why we do what we do is so that people can come to know God and Jesus and the salvation and the peace and the grace and the blessing and the awesomeness that comes with it. So if we want to be leading people to God, then the example of our life will have to show that it doesn't matter we're leading a congregation, driving our car, sitting alone in our bedroom. Everything we should do should be covered and governed by one goal, and that is to see Jesus Christ praised. Exalted, magnified, lifted up, obeyed, the list goes on. So everything we do in life should what? Should be leading people to God. Like what does that mean, right? So it means that a, a, a spiritual leader, you know, some of our leaders here, if you're a leader, give me a year. So these guys, their life and their faith is not a private matter. So this isn't just like a private relationship. Their faith isn't private. It's very public because they're leaders. It's very public. Here's the deal. Your faith, your worship should be public. Is your worship, is your life public? Is your relationship with God public? See, Timothy was a leader and people were watching him. They're like, he's young. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch him. I'm going to see what he does. They were watching him, studying him, and learning from what they observe, people are watching us as well. People are watching what we do. Some of you, like you're, you're public in your faith. So people know, what do I mean by that? People know that you're a Christian, right? People know that you're a Christian. Especially if you work at Chick-fil-A. If you're like, like yeah, it's my pleasure, Jesus chicken, right? <laughs> like people know that you're a Christian, so your faith is public, so people are watching them. But it means that that our public faith isn't just on Sunday. It's throughout the week. If we lead God's people in worship, we can't exempt ourselves from this biblical standard of living a life of worship, being an example. So in tonight's passage that we just read in Timothy, we see five. Everybody say five. 
Five ways to live by example. So you say, great, Pastor Izzy, I hear you. I hear you. I want to live a life that, that worships God. And part of that means I have to be an example. But like how? How can I be an example to the people around me that I know need me? Right? Some of you in your friend groups, you're like, you're like the pure one. Right? Like people, if they cuss around you, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Right? Some of you are the ones cussing. Stop. All right. So, so you got like, you got like people, they're like, oh, you know, like when I'm with my soldiers, right? When I'm with the guys and I'm in the platoon and, and I'm hanging out with them and sometimes they cuss and they always look at me. Oh, sorry. I'm like, I like that. Now I tell them, hey, like I, I'm not judging you. Like do what you need to do. It's fine. Like it doesn't bother me. But what it is is I've lived my life in worship and I've set an example. I just don't do it. I just don't do it. And so they notice that. They're watching me. They know, hey, like if somebody uh, that's new to the unit that offers me, you know, something, a substance that I don't partake in, a lot of guys would look at me like, hey man, preacher doesn't do that. Preacher doesn't do that. Like, oh my bad. You're like yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. Don't offer him that. So I've lived a life of worship through an example. Every time we open our mouths, we're leading by example. So my first point is this. We can live a life by example in speech. In speech. Every time we open our mouths, we're leading others. Not just when we're in front of people, but all the time. What's coming out of your mouth? How about this? If I were to secretly follow you, creepily, all day, recording your conversations, whether it's with people or without people, I'm not going to do that, all right? I'm not going to show up to, like, Lane Tech with, like, a little, like, speaker following y'all around, all right? You know, whatever, whatever high school you go to. Right? I'm not going to do that. That's weird. I wonder what I would hear. What would I hear? Would I hear worship? What I hear, encouragement, what I hear, gossip, profanity, perversion. What would I hear? Check this out. God hears you. God hears you. And, 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 and people hear you. People hear you. Every time we open our mouth, we're leading by example. So I've always been saying this, like when it came to influencers or desk cap, it's always this. It's not if people are listening to me, it's what am I saying that they're listening to? What kind of example am I setting? So in the book of James, he gives us a warning about this. Check this out on the screen. James 3, 8 through 10, it says, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Pause. That's very harsh. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Well, from the same mouth, check this out. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. He says this, my brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. What, what is he saying? He said, like, our, our, our tongue, the way we talk. It can be evil sometimes because we can come up here and sing these amazing songs and love on God. And then we get in traffic and we'd be saying things like Pastor Ariel. I'm just playing. She does it. She does it. You know what I mean? 
one second we're blessing and honoring God, and the next second we're cussing up a storm, cussing somebody out, whatever it is. So James is saying, hey, like this is, this is something that we need to think about. This is something we need to focus on. This is something that ought not to be so. We should try our best, our best to control what comes out of our mouth. God wants our speech to sound gracious, truthful, and edifying, no matter where we are or whom we're with. Well, I just talk like this because I'm with my boys. Man, wrong. Well, I just, I just talk like this because, you know, like that, they, they're not offended by it. So I can, they know, they know me. They know me. They know I'm a Christian, so I could, I could say these things around them because they're not going to judge me. Eh, wrong. Wrong. Because this is what we're saying. This is like, this is living a double life. This is not a life of worship. This is you coming up and saying all these awesome things to God about God and worship and then going out of there as if, as if it never came out of your mouth. He's warning us about this. And this includes the way we, we speak to our spouses, all my married people, our, our teachers, our parents, our friends, our enemies, the people we don't like, anybody else we happen to be talking to. We need to control what's coming out of our mouth. What I would hate is for you to bring somebody to excel and they see you up here worshiping God because I know you love God. And they see a different you here than they see a, a you at school. Because then they're going to say, well, what's, what's, what's so different about you? You're the same. Well, I mean, I go to church. It's more than that, guys. I would hate for a student to come in here and, and see you guys going for it and, 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 and crying out to God. And then, and then later they see a different you. Are you a different you when you leave here? And that shouldn't be. We should be living a life of worship through our example. That doesn't mean you can't crack jokes, appropriate jokes. or doesn't mean we can't do that. But it means that you have to take responsibility with what comes out of your mouth. Take responsibility of what comes out of your mouth. I, 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 I won't harp on that because I feel like I'm your dad or your mom. But look what the Bible says this. It says Matthew 12, 36. It says, he says, you be held accountable for every careless word. On the day where we meet Jesus, we're going to be held accountable for everything that came out of our mouth. That's why he wants us to set an example with our Speech. The second example is this, in conduct. God wants our conduct to be an example to others. If the way we live doesn't back up what we proclaim on Sunday morning, then we're not only deceiving the church, we're misrepresenting the God we claim to be worshiping. In other words, you're fake. I'm just going to say it straight up because I love you. If you come here, like I said and you're a different person up here than out there, then you put a mask on when you're here. Or you put a mask on when you go out there because you're afraid of what people are going to say, what people are going to think. Because living a life of worship to God may mean that, hey, like, you, you can't talk like that anymore. You can't act like that anymore. You can't be like that anymore. Because if you meet Jesus and he's truly changed you, then 
you have to be changed. You have to be changed. Like, Jesus changed me. Like, can you imagine if you went up to somebody and was like, yeah, man, like, Jesus changed my life. And they'd be like, really? This may seem really forward, but, but I, I want you guys to understand that this, this is not okay. Because what it does, like I said, it misrepresents God. If you say you love God and you're acting this way, then is that how God is? Does somebody know God through the way that you worship him, through the way you live? What kind of picture are you painting about God? I wonder if I were to ask some of your friends that know you're a Christian, hey, just by hanging around with so-and-so, what do you think about God? I wonder what they would say. Well, I mean, you know, he's cool and all. I don't, really, I don't really know anything else. I'm talking about living by example. What are you doing? I don't ever want people to see me lead worship publicly, but be surprised by the way I live privately. When, because you all will be invited, all your XL Plus groups, when you guys come to the house, when we have our bonfires, right, you guys come over, we hang out. I want you to see the same me that's standing right here. And I, and I saw this on TikTok, <laughs> period. I saw this on TikTok, this guy, he was talking about pastors. He's like, if you are a pastor and you can say encouraging words and, and, and be encouraging and live a life of conduct that is encouraging to people and not to your wife, you're trash and you should quit. And I'm like, <laughs> so I went, I literally, when I heard that, it convicted me. I went, true story, I went straight to Ariel. I said, hey, listen, I don't ever want to be encouraging and life-giving and excited and enthusiastic to the church if I can't do it to you first. Because I don't want to be two different people. I want to be the pastor and the shepherd of my home and my marriage and my job and my vocation here at the church. Be an example in conduct. The next example Paul mentions is this, in love. Everybody say, I love. Everybody throw up the little heart sign that the Koreans do. You know what I'm saying, right? Is that like the little, you know what I'm saying? Do you know what this is, the heart sign? No, it's a heart. It's a heart. Y'all don't know. (laughs) But in love, Paul mentions love. We can't claim to fulfill the greatest commandment. What's the greatest commandment? Somebody, we, we already talked about it first night. To love the Lord, your God. To love We can't fulfill the greatest commandment in song while neglecting the second commandment in life. So in song, we love the Lord, the first commandment. But in our life, we don't love our neighbor as ourselves. Can't happen. It can't happen. God calls us to set an example in love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 says this, God describes love as being patient, kind, humble, Polite, thoughtful, forgiving, hopeful, and enduring. It's a long list. That's love. When we fail to set an example in love, our ability to lead others to Jesus and in worship is compromised. We forfeit it. When we fail to set an example of love, loving people, I love people, I will strike up a conversation with anybody. Anybody, 
I will be, we were at Aldi's, right? And some lady just mentions Dottie and I was like, she's cute. I'm like, yeah, I know. Great job, me. And we talked for like 20 something minutes. And she was showing me pictures of her sons and pictures of her family. And I'm showing her pictures of me, right? <laughs> right? We talk. I'm, I invited her to church. I was like, you need to come to church. I'm a pastor. Come to church. She goes, oh, I'm going to go. She didn't, but it's okay. We spent 20 something minutes and all these just hanging out. You got a quarter? Okay, okay, cool. Just making sure. I talk to anybody. I just love people. What is, that's not a personality thing. Loving people. Oh, that's just not my personality. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it. Because if, if you love God, then you love people. I'm pretty sure there is an Instagram reel of me saying that. It's not love God, tolerate people, or love God, man. It's if you love God, you love people. You love people. So what is that? Right? If it's not your personality, it's Jesus in you. It's the Holy Spirit in you. If, if Jesus has changed your life, and part of that is just loving people. What does it hurt to love people? What does it do other than just be what Jesus called us to be? I don't want to put myself out there and get hurt. Listen, like, love, love everyone. If you love everyone, then one person just not receiving your love is, is, a, is an ant on a hill, all right? You're like, well, it's fine. If you don't love me, there's a hundred million other people that I love. Someone's going to love me back. And if anything, God loves you. Jesus loves you. I listed some of those attitudes of God, patience, kindness, humility. Are those attitudes that you show after things don't go your way? When your mom and dad get on to you about the dishes or the laundry or anything else, because for some reason, if it comes out of your parents' mouth, it's an inconvenience to you. What's your attitude? You guys are quicker to love your friends before your parents. You guys are, you guys are super quick to love somebody you just met at homeroom than the person that gave you life. You're like, Pastor Izzy, you're on one today. I am. I am. Your parents are trying their best. And they deserve Christ-like love. Christ-like love. Love that is patient. Love that is kind. Love that keeps no record of wrong. Oh, you always do this. Keeping a record of wrong. It's not in my notes, but listen. Your parents aren't superheroes and they're not perfect. But they deserve the gospel. They deserve your love, Christ-like love. Show that to them. Show that to your parents. I want Dottie to know me to be a man that loves her like God loves her. And I want to raise her to be a woman that loves her parents because God loves her parents. That's what I want her to do. Are those your attitudes when your friends are causing drama or things like that, being patient, being kind, are those things coming out of you? So how do you, how do you grow in love? How do you grow in this concept? And the team can come up here. The place to start is this. How can you show love to your parents, to people? 
Well, first, it starts with remembering the love of God that he showed us through Jesus. Look at 1 John 3.16. It says this, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Look at 1 John 3.18. It says, Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. In that way, we'll be leading others in worship with our lives. This, this is fairly a quick sermon because I'm not going to beat a dead horse because this is a decision you have to make. This is it, all right? No, no graphics, no signs, no, no anything. We got people sleeping. I get it. But this, this whole thing, this Jesus thing, this service thing, so much more. Listen, people, people are counting on you, your friends, the people that don't know Jesus. They're counting on you. You may be the only person in their life, the only person in their life that, that knows Jesus. What kind of example are you setting? What kind of life are you living? Like, man, Pastor, is you in my face tonight? It's because I love you. And what I don't want is for us to be a youth group known for fakes. And I'm not preaching this because I feel it. I'm preaching it because I know that we all have this temptation of doing it. I have it. Every time I go to drill with all my soldier buddies, there's a temptation to be like them. But I have to take a step back and say, I need to be an example. Till today, I've got guys from a year ago that I met at basic training that Instagram, that, that DM me, that text me saying, hey, man, just I miss you. You're so positive. And, and I, I know like we didn't talk much, but just being around you, man, just meant a lot. How's, how's the baby doing? Today, today that happened by setting the example. My question to you tonight is this. Will you live a life of worship by being the example in the way you talk, in the way you act, in the way that you love? Could you be the one thing that leads somebody away from God? Think about that. We could be the one person that should be leading them to the, to the Savior of the world, but by our actions, by our conduct, by the way that we talk, the way that we don't love, we lead them away. What did I say before? That's the price of sin. Separation from all that is good. You're like, I don't want all that pressure. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's a lot, but I almost want to say it's too bad. Listen, if you've experienced God's love in your life, then, then, then you should want people to know him. But that starts with the way that you live. If you could just bow your heads real quick. There's some of us here, and the truth is you just show up because it's something to do. And week in and week out, you leave the same person and I just want to talk to you for a minute with just no one looking around. I want you to know that 
that you don't have to be the same anymore. Because you're probably struggling and dealing with these things and you feel like you have to do it on your own. You feel like you have to handle it yourself. But I want you to know that God wants to help you. But he can't help you unless you want to be helped. I want you to get out of this ministry and, and, and get all, uh, I, all the things that this ministry offers to you. I just want you to have it. The, the, the community, the faith, the, the blessing, the grace, the, the fun. I want you to, to get out all you can from this ministry. But it, it's got to start with you. Make a decision to actually be here. Some of you are in this room, but you're not here. And you're missing out on all that God has for you. And that's not meant to make you feel bad. It's just meant to say, hey, um, God loves you and he wants to help you. He wants to give you mercy and grace and the things that you need. And, and he just wants to be your friend. And, but it starts with accepting that invitation. And so if there's anybody here and you're saying, hey, I would like to, I would like to start fresh. I, I've not been a good example to the people around me. I've not been a good example to my family, to my friends. I've been a bad example, and I know it. And I just need a, a fresh start. If that's you, without anybody looking around, would you just kind of like slip up your hand? And once you do it, just put it back down. Yeah, I see those hands. I see those hands. Don't you put it up? You can put it back down. Anybody else? You're just saying, hey, uh, things have been rough, and I, and I know it's because of the way I've been acting, and I just, I don't want to be like this anymore. Is there anybody else who say, hey, that's me? I just need prayer tonight. Awesome. I see that hand. I see that hand. Maybe you're here tonight, and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You know of Jesus. You've been around him, and you think you know him, but the truth is you don't have a relationship with him. I want to offer you that opportunity tonight to come to meet Jesus. If that's you, and you said, hey, I, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to know what it is, what you're talking about, what this invitation is. If that's you. Just slip up your hand, and once you put it up, you can put it right back down. Awesome. Awesome. Let's do this. Can we all just stand? I want everybody out of the seat to come down to the front. Just come on down to the front. Because we're going to sing that over and over. Is that what you're doing? Love it. Yep. And we're just going to sing and worship for a little bit. Because what kind of series would this be about worship if we didn't spend time in worship? Come on. Come all the way front. Because I feel like I've been, I've been a little forward with you tonight. And it's kind of not in me. But it's because I'm so passionate about you. I'm passionate about your life. I'm passionate about the things you're passionate about, whatever that is. If you're passionate about donuts, I'm passionate about donuts. If you're passionate about hats, I'm passionate about hats. All right? That's how, do you guys just, you guys mean the world to me. And I pray for you. And I think about you guys all the time. And if you ever go out, you know, go about your day, if you ever wonder, man, does anybody think about me? I do. I just want you guys to get out, uh, uh, to get so much out of this, out of this moment, out of this ministry, you know, because I would just hate for you to show up week and week out and then just 
leave wanting. But God is gracious and he wants to give to you. And so as we sing, listen, I don't, I'm not going to fake cry and lip quiver and get your emotions all riled up to respond. Listen, those of you who have heard this word and it's resonating with you, then respond to it. Respond in this moment. We'll sing for a little bit. And I just encourage you guys to take a moment and just say, hey, God, I'm here. And I know you're here. And I haven't been living a life that's full of worship. I've been living a good example, but I need to start fresh. If that's you, just take a moment, pray, worship, and then I'll come back up.